This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Get things rolling here. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high? If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high, and our ushers would gladly get you one. Once you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, we have been on a series, 7 times 70, based on Matthew chapter 18, verses 20 through 22. I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast on these. They will help you. And just as Sidney said earlier, I, I highly encourage you to get with the scriptures with me today here. There'll be some things that'll be said that I believe you'll want to meditate on and go back and study. And so, again, we've been on this series for quite a while, and every time I think about getting off, I, I get around a person that tells me a story about their life, and it just triggers something on the inside of me. And so that's what's going to happen today. Again, that we're going to deal with an area of unforgiveness that I believe sometimes overlooked. And so two great phrases that I can learn to say out of my mouth. Number one, I'm sorry. And two, I forgive you. So what that means basically is I'm quick to repent and I'm not easily offended. And something happens when I live by those, those truths. Now, the Bible, according to John 8, 32, the Lord Jesus said, only the truth will make you free. Even in the area of forgiveness, only the truth will make you free. I, I can't bypass, I can't overlook I can't water down the truth in this area. And so that's why we're going to hit it. So if you're in Romans 12, we begin in verse number 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Speak blessings over those who curse you, those who reject you, those who persecute you, those who are cruel in their attitude toward you. Now, this is just the exact opposite of what our world would tell you to do. But the Word of God said, bless those who curse you. Verse 15, we are to rejoice or be with joy with those who rejoice, and we are to weep or to grieve to those who are in grievance. Be of the same mind toward another. Be in, in harmony with one another. And do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And so when I, I look at what he's saying right here, I'm not to be arrogant. And I'm not to be prideful. And, and I'm not to be high-minded. And here's a good one. I'm not to be a know-it-all. Any of you know a know-it-all and don't, know, don't nudge your spouse right now, okay? Don't do that. It's interesting what the Apostle Paul says here. Verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. In other words, don't pay them back evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Aim at good things in the sight of all men. All men, all men, all men. Not just the, the people that do me good. Not just the people that I like, but all men. 
Kind of like the song we just sang. It's a grace that never adds up. In order to walk out what Paul's talking about here, man, I, I welcome the grace of God. Keep reading with me. Verse 18. If it is possible, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as depends on you. Well, I would forgive them if they repented. I would be good to them if they were good to me. Now, that's not what he said. He said, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, because some people may remain violently opposed to us, there are times when all efforts toward peace fail. It won't happen. But the key is this, is I've done everything I know to do. As much as depends on me. Who grace me, Lord. Verse 19. Beloved. Now you may highlight that in your Bible. Beloved. Fellow believers, do not avenge yourself. Do not revenge yourself. Are you obsessed with revenge right now? And I know people are, and what I mean by I'm obsessed with revenge, man, I plot revenge. Do you plot revenge in your mind? Do you stay up at night watching reruns of plotting revenge toward people that have wronged you? And when he says this here, he's not excusing the misdeeds, the wrongs, the pains, the hurts that people have caused you. But when he says don't avenge yourself, literally what he's doing here, and he's telling us, I need to act just like Jesus acted toward me. He loves me. And he forgives me unconditionally. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 29 in the Passion Translation says, Don't ever spitefully say, I'll get even with him. Now there's a thing called inner vows. And an inner vow is something that it, it binds us in our heart. And let me give you an illustration of an inner vow. I'll never forgive them. If it's the last thing I do, I'll get even with them. And so something happens when we put these inner vows into motion, especially in an area of plotting revenge. So he said, don't avenge yourself. Now there's a nugget of truth that we got to get here today. But rather give place to wrath. Leave the place of wrath, or better stated, leave this righteousness to the anger of God. In other words, when he says here, neither give, or but rather give place to wrath, he's saying, let God be the one. In other words, turn it over to God. Wash your hands from it. 
Why is this so important? We'll keep reading. For it is written, vengeance is mine. A recompense is mine. Retribution is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. I will repay. So instead of taking vengeance ourselves, we should give it over to God is what this is talking about. Too many times I think we try to take the place that is reserved only for God. Verse 20. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of shame or fire upon his head. You will surprise him with your goodness. Verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome or master evil with good. Now, every time I look at verse 21, it's almost like the Lord says, slow down. Really grasp this. Marinate in this. Don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. And this is where I give it to God. So, okay, Father God, I, I need you to go to work on my behalf. Are you a person or do you know someone that never lets anything slide? In other words, you never give mercy or you never give grace. In simple areas of our life, if someone cut in line in front of you at the checkout in Walmart, would you retaliate? Would you have the thought, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind? Better stated in another area. What would you do when someone cuts you off in traffic? We live in a world where there's a thing called road rage, and it's, it's the real deal. Does road rage, does that define you? Where you have the thought, I'm going to get even. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to let them know. Now, you can live that way. But the, the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 6, 7, he said, Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever. Say whatever. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. And some of you say, well, I never, I never received mercy and grace from anyone. Could it be because the seed you've sown, there is no mercy or grace? And so he gets over on some stuff here. Vengeance is God's. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. And a lot of times we say, well, when will you repay, God? On God's timetable. Father God knows best. Now, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And when you get to Ephesians 4, I'm going to begin in verse 25. But the subtitle in my Bible above verse 25, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't 
suppress the Holy Spirit. By grieving the Holy Spirit, we don't allow him to do what he's called to do. Well, what's he called to do? Well, Galatians 4, 22, 20, or Galatians 5, 22, 23 is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness. Only the Holy Spirit can work those in you. But when I grieve him, I keep him from moving in my life like he desires. Now, what the Apostle Paul is getting ready to do in this passage here, he's going to address seven areas of speech and conduct that have the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, when I start reading these, you may want to highlight them in your heart. You may say, this is me. Verse 25. Therefore, put away lying, the very first one. Don't be a liar. But if I live as a liar, I've grieved the Holy Spirit. So if you got a problem with lying, ask God to help you. Grace me in this area, Father God. Put away lying. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, or better stated, when angry, don't sin. Now, when you read this being angry, it may win for a moment, but it is not to be allowed to win a complete day. So he gives us incredible insight here. Don't be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words... You want to get rid of anger. Now, anger is an emotion of ours, but I've got to learn to handle anger in, in a positive way. How many of you have symptoms of anger in your life or you've seen family members that have been dominated by anger? A lot of us. And what he's dealing with here is, I can't let anger control me. I can't let anger fuel my revenge. Now look what he says in verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Was he saying here that anger gives a foothold to the devil? Anger gives the devil legal ground to go to work in my life? I believe this is a strong statement that he's made, but I believe in every one of these categories, when we lie, when we get angry, we open the door to the evil one in this area. Verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary for edification or building up that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You were marked by the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, now watch this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor or quarreling, and evil speaking be put away with you from all malice or ill will. Do any of those describe you? Verse 32. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. 
even as God and Christ forget. So guess what he does here? He says, be. He said, don't just talk about it. Actually be this. Actually live this. Now, when I read those right there, I have to say this in my heart. Father God, I've got to have your grace in this area. I've got to have your grace in this area to, call, to cause verse 32 to come alive in me where I literally live kind, tender-hearted, loving and forgiving one another because I will to, it's not going to come naturally. Holy Spirit, go to work within me in this area of my life right here. Be kind, tender-hearted toward people. So I find areas in my life where when people have ever lied about you, they've made false accusations. What's human nature? We try to defend ourselves. And I found in my life, the more I try to defend myself, the worse it seems to get. But when I turn it over to Father God and say, Father God, I, I allow you to take this vengeance for you to avenge me. Things begin to change. How many of you have ever had someone that have wronged you or they've done something that really, really bothered you? And you try to fix it yourself and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. I've had this happen. And right now in my life, there's a situation that when it comes up, I get real quiet. You know why I get real quiet? Because my opinion no longer matters. I've turned it over to God. I want you to turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. And I've never gotten a tattoo on my body, and I'm not against tattoos, I just haven't done that. But if I was going to get a tattoo on my body, I would probably have 7 times 70 on there, or... James 1.19. Watch what James 1.19 says. So then, understand this. You really need to get this one. My beloved brethren, my sons and daughters, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. Most human beings have this exactly the opposite. We're swift to speak and slow to hear. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm very grateful that God only created me with one mouth and two ears. Thank God he didn't create me with two mouths. Now, don't raise your hand on this and don't nudge your spouse or your children. Has anybody ever said to you, you talk too much? <laughs> Just a few times, Pastor. Just a couple times. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. Proverbs 10, 19 says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. So if you have a habit of speaking a lot, your mouth becomes like that of a AK-47. 
What do you mean by that? You speak before you think. How many of you have ever spoken before you've thought? And after you've done it, you realize, oh my gosh, I, I wish I would have said, let me ask you another question. How many of you have ever regretted for things that you've said out of your mouth? Every one of us. Now, watch where James 1.19 ultimately leads. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Slow to anger. Why? Because normally, when anger shows up, and I don't control my tongue, I I erupt with things I, I shouldn't say. I become very volatile when anger shows up with my mouth. I begin to speak and say things that I shouldn't. And so he says here, swift to speak, slow to wrath, slow to anger. Verse 20, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In other words, human anger is not a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. And so what begins to happen again is man with With anger, I become like a volcano. I spew. And I say things that I wish I would never have said. And this is what he's talking about here. And so when I give over to to human anger, it's conducive to malice and destruction. Now it's interesting that James would deal with this like this. Turn to the very next book of the Bible, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3. Now when we get here, we're really going to marinate on this passage, okay? Because there are some nuggets of truth in this passage that you got to hear, okay? If you're a good note taker, if you want to mark it, this is a good one. And I cannot put a question mark where God has put a period. I've got to live by the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, in conclusion, all of you be of one mind, be of the same mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, and be courteous. Three times he uses the word be. I'm to demonstrate this. I am to live with love. I am to live with sympathy. I am to live with kindness. And I am to live humble. Is what he said. Some of you are saying, I need a double portion of grace for that to happen. Welcome to the NFL. I need this right here to fulfill this verse. Verse 9. Not returning evil for evil. I am to not return evil for evil. But what does the world tell us? The world tells us, get them before they get you. Evil for evil. Don't return evil for evil. Don't return reviling for reviling. That word means insult for insult. So you know what our thought is as human beings? You insult me, I'm going to insult you. And not I'm going to insult you, I'm really going to put you down. But it's interesting that Peter says, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, instead, 
blessing. Wow. I am to pay back by praying or speaking a blessing over them. Who's the them? Those have insulted me. Those who have done evil to me. But he said, on the contrary, blessing. Why is this so important? Knowing that you were called to this. God called you to this. As his beloved children, we are called to speak blessing. But that's not the end of it. Now watch this. That you may inherit a blessing. That you may inherit a blessing. When I obey the biblical principles of the Bible, that I may inherit a blessing. Now this is the thought that came to me. How many times has God wanted to bless me that I squandered that blessing because I had to have the final word? I squandered the blessing because I chose evil instead of blessing. I squandered the blessing that I chose to insult instead of just keep my mouth shut. How many blessings have you squandered? Now in verse 10, 11, and 12, the apostle Peter right here, he quotes the 34th Psalm. Listen real close to this one, okay? For he who would love life. Do you want to enjoy life? I do. I want to enjoy life. I believe that's probably unanimous. He who would love or enjoy life and see good days. I like the thought of good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So if we read into what Peter said, the way we have happy days, good days, good life, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Be careful, little tongue. What you speak over other people. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. Be like a, a doctor. Be like a surgeon. That I become very precise with the words out of my mouth. How many remember this statement? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That dude who said that was delusional. Words will break your heart. Words will paint a picture of for you. Man, this is incredible what he said. Verse 12 or verse 11. You want to see good days? You want to love life and see good days? Let him turn away from evil. Shun evil and do good. Let him seek peace. And pursue it. And when we talk about peace here, peace isn't just the absence of conflict and chaos. Peace is, is a state, 
a, a, a state of being. It's a state of completeness. It's a state of wholeness. And it's interesting, he said, I'm going to have to pursue peace. And people that walk this earth in great peace, it's, it's not because they're just a brilliant person or they're really lucky. You don't walk in peace because you won the lottery. I got, I got to go after peace. And remember what he said, as much as depends upon you, live in peace with all people. Wow, incredible thoughts here. Verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. You know what that means? The eyes of the Lord are on the ones who do what's right in God's eyes. And his ears are open to their prayers. Could it be why my prayers never get off the ground? Could it be because my heart's not right? And he ends this and he says, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I don't handle life biblically. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Who can harm you if you follow what is good, if you do what God asks you to do? So I'm reading this story about this man. True story. He's a junior executive in a high corporation. There's fixing to be an opening to the senior executive. He's the most qualified. He's the most experienced. And everybody within the company knows he's going to be the next executive here. When the day comes that they announce the new executive, they give it to another man instead of him. He's furious. He's upset. He, he, he believes he's being mistreated. How many of you have ever felt like you've been mistreated or overlooked? Probably every one of us. And so he plots all his options. What am I going to do? And he's a born-again believer, and he decides, I'm going to go to my pastor and see what he says biblically. So he shares with his pastor everything that's taken place in his life. And, and he ends up telling his pastor, he says, I'm considering legal action. I'm considering filing a lawsuit because I've been wrong so bad. So he said, what do you think, pastor? And the pastor said, you can do it that way. You can do it man's way but you're going to get man's results. Or you can do it God's way. And he said, what do you mean by God's way? And the pastor said, don't avenge yourself. Let God go to work for you. Turn it over to God. And the guy said, I'm going to do it God's way. And the pastor told him, he said, 
you're going to have to walk in love and you're going to have to talk in love and you're going to have to guard your heart. So the next week he goes back to work and the first person he comes across, they tell him how wrong they were to not give it him. They dogged you. And he told the man, stop. Stop, I don't want to hear it. And day after day, he wouldn't defend himself. Actually, he went to the guy who got the job over him and he congratulated him. And oftentimes, human nature is this. When I don't get what I think I should, you know what? I'm going to slough off. I'm going to show them I'm not going to work as hard. This guy went overboard. He worked harder than he ever had. And with a good attitude, and he kept his mouth shut. After a month, he gets a phone call from their greatest competitor, and the guy said, I want to offer you a job. And he said, would you go out and eat lunch with me and talk? And the guy said, I'll go eat lunch with you. And so after the conversation at lunch, the competitor said, now what I want you to do is I want you to go home and I want you to talk to your wife and decide a salary and a figure that you would want to make to come to work for us. So the guy goes home. Tells his wife everything. And they begin to pray. They come up with a figure and they said, three times more than I'm making right now. He puts it in an envelope. He goes back to lunch with the competitor. And the competitor said, you have a, a figure you want to give me? And he put the envelope on the table. And the competitor said, don't open that. He said, I want to show you what we want to offer you. And he opened an envelope and threw it down, and it had on there, we want to pay you four times than what you're making right now. The man who had turned everything over to God, he looked at the offer speechlessly, didn't say a word. When he didn't say a word, the competitor thought it's not enough. So he said, what about five times? The man looked at him and said, I don't do anything without praying and praying with my wife because we believe in the Lord Jesus. The guy said, go home and pray. So he goes home and him and his wife begin to pray. And they both get this sense in their heart. The Lord was saying, I, I want you to accept this position. And the reason I want you to accept this position is because you turned your case over to me. You gave it to me. Vengeance is mine and I will repay. And there's a blessing attached to you because you did it my way. And when I heard that story again, you know what jumped on the inside of me? Oh, Lord, I repent. I've, I've squandered a lot of blessings in my life. Verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, even if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Wow. Let me help you a little bit with that. When you do it God's way, 
You're blessed. And verse 14 ends and says, And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. And so when I looked at all this, man, in this life, there's going to be wounds. There's going to be offenses. There's going to be insults. But I forgive her and turn them over to God. And I really wonder if some of the reasons we get stuck in life seasons is because we won't forgive. The reason we get stuck in life seasons also is I don't turn it over to God. I play the part that's only reserved for Father God. And when I live in anger, when I live in, in this explode mode, I become confined to the very hurts. I become a prisoner of war. I stay up night after night and I replay the offenses over and over in my life and in my mind. And I'm reading some of your mail right now. How do you know that? Because I've done it. Acts chapter 7. Right around verse 60. There was a man named Stephen in the Bible who the religious leaders went after him for telling him the truth. And if you remember the story, they were stoning him to death. There's a lot of deaths you could die, but stoning, woof, that's a pretty rugged one. And they're throwing stones at him and stoning him to death. And right before he dies, he says this out of his mouth. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm reading another translations on that verse. And one of the best ones for Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It said this. I don't want to press charges. I don't want to press charges. When I choose to forgive, when I choose not to take matters in my own hands, I am saying to Father God, I choose not to press charges. I choose to turn it over to you. And so when I look at this again, what have I forfeited because I plot revenge. What have I forfeited because I've tried to do it God's, our man's ways instead of God's ways? And I say, we, I've seen it over and over in my life. I'm going to ask you to stand up right here where you are. I want to highlight something on this area. Again, we're not overlooking that people hurt you. They caused you pain. They, they did misdeeds toward us. That, that's, not, that's not the question. Were you hurt? That's not it. The question is, what are you going to do with the misdeeds and the hurts and the pains that they've created upon you? And so I'm going to ask you to bow your head right now. If you're here today, you said, that's me, Pastor. I've, 
plotted revenge. I've plotted revenge. Maybe you want to come to the altar right now. I welcome you. I'm going to join you in just a second. Let me ask you something. Do you live with uncontrolled anger? I've got rage in me. I've got incredible anger within me. I get angry just like that. And when I get angry, I begin to yak with my mouth. If that's you, I, I welcome you to these altars today. Even on the area of... I press charges today, Father God. I press charges. I've taken matters into my own hands. We can. We have. But when I plot revenge and I press charges, I forfeit the blessing that God said we would inherit a blessing. I I forfeit all that. And I, I may win this lawsuit or that lawsuit, but I've lost the blessing of the Lord. And I believe today with all my heart, God said, listen, I want to right your wrong. I I, I want to take care of it. I I want you to give it to me because every time you live with this, you become bogged down. You become engulfed with this. This becomes your thoughts. Just bow your head with me. God, you're seeing people respond right now. That have been hurt, have been wounded, have been overlooked, have been used, abused, and falsely accused today. Father God, through your word and through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you that the chains of vengeance are broken. We thank you today that the chains of anger are severed. We thank you today, Father God, that the very form of evil for evil and insult for insult are changed. And today, Father God, we lay these at your feet and we say out of our mouth, Father God, we don't want to press charges. Lord, we ask you to move in our lives. We'll have our team play. You're welcome to come down here. I welcome you and say, Lord, I need you today. And listen, if you've grieved the Holy Spirit, woo, man, come down here and repent. Welcome me back in your life. Go ahead, God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.